Welcome to SEC Unfiltered, home of the best SEC content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sports entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews as well. Guys, so many fans and listeners of SEC Unfiltered have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Well, so again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from SEC Unfiltered sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rivalry weekend of the SEC on the diamond as a number of hated rivals take the field. Welcome to the windup. I'm Chris Phillips. He's Harrison Fant, my co-host Harrison. What a weekend of college baseball we've got awaiting for us. Chris, you know, great to be here. We got a lot of exciting baseball to get to and cover in this show. And I just can't wait to watch it and then, you know, look forward to it and see what we get because college baseball is a game that gives you a surprise every single weekend. Harrison, I posed this question on social media. I'll start asking you this. What's the best rivalry in college baseball in your mind? Are we talking all time or like currently? Just in your opinion, when you think of college baseball rivalries, the best one, maybe there's two different answers, right? Historical rivalry, current rivalry. If there's a different answer for you, that's fine because I, I think I know where you're going with this. But when I say best rivalry in college baseball, what do you think? If you asked me this two years ago, I would have said Ole Miss, Mississippi State, but can't say that now. It's got to be either Clemson, Carolina for me, or Florida, Miami, historically. Mm. I would probably go South Carolina, Clemson as well. I mean, I, I know there's some bias in there, but I don't know that there's a level of hatred and disdain. Um, you know, it's it's people ask me all the time, what's it like? Because, of course, I've been there in person. What's it like? 
the South Carolina Clemson baseball series. And I think, too, having one game in Columbia, one game in Clemson, one game in a neutral site really fuels that rivalry. And, of course, we're going to talk about that as that's upcoming this weekend. But I think having that set up fuels it. But, like, if you've never been and you want to know what it's like, you've just got to go. I mean, it, it is a super regional type of vibe, a college world series type of feel where, like, you're hanging on every single pitch, every single at bat, every single play. And I know there's some other series that certainly can can say the same. You know, I think a rivalry that's really come up of late, Tennessee-Vanderbilt, because Tennessee's gotten so much better. I think that one's in the running. Uh, I'm excited to see Texas, Texas A&M, more so take center stage with the Longhorns coming to the SEC. Um, you know, but to your point, man, I mean, I think Ole You know what's one, and you can – um, let me know if this is one you're familiar with because I wasn't really familiar. This was a huge rivalry. Folks in the mentions let me know. LSU Mississippi State apparently is a very, very big rivalry on the diamond. A lot of Miss a lot of Mississippi State fans were commenting on the post that we threw up saying, Hey, what about LSU Mississippi State? And I'm like, I didn't know that, but you know what? It makes sense though in baseball. As good as those programs have been, obviously, right now we're not necessarily getting uh, that type of up. I actually think too, man, to open SEC play, I'm pretty sure LSU opens in Starkville at Mississippi State. So will be a uh, will be, will be an interesting way to kick off SEC play, but uh, certainly a great number. Now, Harrison, you are. Let me let me make sure you are from the state of Georgia, correct? You're a Georgia boy. So we're going to talk about Georgia, Georgia Tech. What's the significance of that rivalry in the diamond? Because I know in football, it's it's basically non-existent. And even baseball, like Tech's been a great program. Georgia been kind of middling, if you will. Again, we're going to dive more into this weekend what that looks like. But, I mean, growing up for you, was Georgia-Georgia Tech considered a significant rivalry in baseball or no? Yeah, I mean, definitely. It wasn't, you know, Clemson, Carolina, or Florida, Miami historically. But it has a lot of pull. I think it's, you know, in the shadows of college football. And like you said, um, Georgia, Georgia Tech playing. And Georgia kind of owning that a lot, especially the past decade plus at least, but it's been more so Georgia Tech just because of the historic um, win and kind of nature and career of Danny Hall at Georgia Tech. So I want to definitely lean that way. little homage, I will say, I am a Georgia Tech fan. Grew up in a Georgia Tech household. My dad graduated Georgia Tech, so he's an engineer. Um, so it's a little bit of homage there. Grew up going to baseball camps there, but the rivalry is definitely, definitely there because Georgia likes to claim Atlanta being the home. They did so in the recruiting. I know you, I know you saw that in a lot of football recruiting they did being the 404, but they're not even in the city limits of Atlanta, let alone the metro of Atlanta. But it's definitely it's definitely kind of rejuvenating, I think. So, Harrison, before we get into all these rivalry series, and like I told you, man, I, I looked at the slate on Sunday night, and I was like, we've got an electric, and I mean an electric weekend. Yeah. Yes, an electric weekend of college baseball by far, and it's only weekend number three. But by far the best weekend we've had thus far with so many great tournaments, so many great series. So let's go ahead and kick things off. We'll start with the tournaments. The Astros Foundation Classic is where we'll go first. A couple of SEC teams in this one. Two, maybe you can say three if you want to go ahead and say Texas and Oklahoma are already in the league. But LSU, Texas, and Vanderbilt are all featured in the Astros Foundation Classic along with Louisiana and Texas State and Houston as well. Uh, Going to get things kicked off on Friday, LSU-Texas. You go to Sunday, we got Texas-Vandy, kind of the all-SEC matchups, if you will, mixed in there with Louisiana-Vandy on Friday. We've got Vandy in Houston on Saturday. we got Texas State-Texas on Saturday, which there's been some really, really fun midweek matchups with those two teams over the last couple of years. Finally on Sunday, Texas State-LSU. Harrison, what are you most excited to see? Because unlike these other series, right, we're not going to necessarily pick a, a series winner because there's so many different matchups in this weekend. But, I mean, that LSU-Texas matchup, we'll just start there on Friday night. That's probably the headliner of the weekend, right? When you talk about the strengths, the weaknesses, it's going to be great on great with pitching versus hitting. Texas's pitching staff that's been so good thus far. LSU's incredible lineup. Your thoughts on that game and also your thoughts on just the entire weekend and what you're expecting down there at the Astros Foundation Classic. Yeah, and I remember watching this classic last year. A lot of fun to watch, a lot of great baseball. And it's, we're expecting it to be the same, you know, with headline by Texas and LSU kicking things off Friday night. That's going to be an absolute electric game. Like you said, looking forward to Texas's pitching. 
versus LSU's hitting. We know we've talked about how good of a team LSU is hitting. I mean, they put up 18 runs last game against Stony Brook. Yes, it's Stony Brook, but still Stony Brook, right? They've, they did so all season last year, and it's going to be so much fun to watch. They're 11th in the nation in RBIs, 30th in the nation runs per game at almost 10 runs per game. It's going to be really fun to see them. Texas, they have a lot of talent, a lot of talent, a lot of talent, and it's kind of being not so much talked about, I think, because they're a little more, you know, not in the SEC, but they're, like you said, coming to the SEC, and they're going to come with authority and make a statement, and that team's going to be ready to and it's going to be fun to see them play against LSU, especially behind LeBaron Johnson Jr., who he's been absolutely fun, electric on the mound and fun to watch. He's a 138 ERA in 13 innings. He pitched against San Diego and Cal Poly, pitched really well. He loves to live down the zone, down away, and he's shoved, shoved against right-handed hitters, allowing an OPS under 200. So it's going to be really cool to watch. Pivotal start on Friday as well for Thatcher Hurd for LSU, right? He, he's been kind of up and down early, um, I, you know, I'm, and I'm curious. Again, it's only a 60-game season, regular season. You know, you string together a couple bad starts, all of a sudden the chatter will begin on who should be the Friday guy or who should be in this role, that role. Like, and you know, Haverson as well as I do, and we both played college baseball. You, you string together a couple bad outings. You may not see the field again because there's so many other viable options. There's so many good players, certainly the place – like LSU, I know you highlighted Luke Holman, who you think should be the Friday guy, or at least be considered for it. Is that right? I tweeted it, yeah. He, yeah. I definitely think he should be highly considered for the Friday night role. He transferred from Alabama, had two good seasons there, but has been absolutely dominant to start the year. He's a uh, 12 innings pitch, five hits, 18 strikeouts, no runs, one walk. I mean, that just tells you how elite the stuff he has and the can in which he has it. He's the number 35 prospect in this upcoming draft, and it's a lot. Of, it's, once you watch him pitch, it's easy to see why. Haberson, all eyes will be on LSU, Texas, but I, I think this is a pivotal weekend for Vanderbilt, man. The way they've kind of just been – and they had a great one in the midweek, by the way, against Indiana State, a quality Indiana State team, obviously. Um, that was a really great victory. The bats came alive, right? We'll see if that continues. But the way they sort of just been kind of, dare I say, limping to the beginning of the season, like – this is a big weekend, I think, for Tim Corbin's club. Like, you need to kind of get things going. I, I was looking at the schedule, Harrison. It's crazy to think that SEC play starts in two weekends. Like, like we don't we don't have that long, you know what I mean, to to get things rolling and figure it out. So, you know, they they take on uh, Louisiana on Friday, then Saturday have let's see, um, what's the rest of the schedule for them? I know Sunday they got Texas. Either way, big big weekend for Vandy. Big weekend for Vandy. I think Vandy. We need to see Vandy a spark. Need to see them come alive a little bit. Yeah, and like I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. It's gonna you need to see them come alive before SEC play, so that they're not you know limping into the SEC uh, slate because there is no breaks in the SEC. We know that, and you got to figure out before then, or else you won't figure it out. And it starts with Devin Fatrell and Carl Holton, man. You got to yeah. get the best. I mean, with Vandy, your strength was supposed to be your pitching staff. You got to get the most out of those guys. Uh, Harrison, let's go to the college baseball series. Actually, before we get off of that, when you look at that Astros Foundation Classic, not necessarily a prediction of who's going to come out and be the winner, but like when you look at that, where do you lean in regards to favorite to quote-unquote win the weekend? I, I think it's very, very easy to pick LSU. I'm going to go Texas, though, to have a really good showing. LSU-Texas, I think we saw this matchup either last year or two years ago, and I think LSU walked off Texas. I think Texas will get their revenge on Friday night, and I think Texas will have the best weekend of these teams. When you look at this slate, when you look at these teams, where do you lean? Who's going to stand out? Yeah, like you said, I, I think Vanny does have a better showing this week, and they're going to step up to the level of competition, the talent um, behind, like you said, Devin Fuchel and Carter Holton, who both had really good starts to the season. Carter Holt more so his most recent his first start this season after a tough game against uh, FIU, but FAU, excuse me. But I gotta lean, I want to see Texas, but I gotta say LSU just because of the bats. I think the hitting side is much more prevalent there for them than Texas. They play a lot of lower scoring games. I think the bats for LSU are gonna kind of make the difference. And that's gonna be kind of maybe it's a run differential who quote unquote wins the classic, but I think LSU will be. The best team, but Texas definitely going to have an impressive showing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Harrison, let's go to the college baseball series at Globe Life Field. This is the third weekend of this, by the way. And shout out to those people for putting on a great Shout out to them and shout out to Flow Sports that you don't pay for. God, yeah. Unfortunately, I won't see a pitch of it this weekend. Uh, I, I, may have have to for you. I may have to cave at some point, but if I was going to do that, I should have done it two weeks ago. So, um, got a number of great teams. Obviously, Texas A&M is the SEC representation but we've got Arizona State, we've got Southern Cal, we've got the TCU Horn Frogs, one of the best teams in college baseball. Uh, Texas A&M schedule looks like this. They'll take on Arizona State on Friday night. Then they've got Southern Cal on Saturday, Arizona State on Sunday. And A&M comes in this one, Harrison. There are few swinging the sticks better than they are. 11.43 runs per game, 17th in the country in home runs, 20th in RBI. Um and it really starts Jace Lavalette. I feel like every time I get on social media, Harrison, he's hitting a freaking moonshot. Uh, Braden Montgomery has been fantastic for them thus far. What you're excited to see from Texas A&M this weekend? I, I think, again, a couple of really, really good matchups on the docket for them. I mean, you hit the nail on the head again. It's Jace Lavalette and Braden Montgomery, the two biggest names on the team, I think, especially in the box. Jace Lavalette reminds me a lot of kind of a Matt Olsen-style player, just with his swing and just how he – like the power he has to all fields and just – kind of how calm he is, it looks like, in the box. I mean, he's seventh in home runs with five in the nation. You know, he's got 17 RBIs this year. He's 30th in OPS, batting just north of 1,500. He's so much fun to watch. They have talent up and down the lineup. We talk about how they don't have holes in the lineup. They really don't, but they have struggled against small sample size against left-handed pitchers, batting 50 points better – or, sorry, batting less efficiently versus left-handed hitters. Left-handed pitchers are not scoring as much. And Arizona State has two other starters or lefties, so they'll probably see one of them at least. And I'm curious to see how they kind of swing the bat versus a lefty. And Arizona State can swing it too, man. Tenth in the nation in hits and tied for 12th uh, in home runs. Of course, the competition will stiffen up. We will see how that affects. Uh, the other thing I noticed here, Harrison, why in the world does Texas A&M play Arizona State twice and not play TCU? That is like – That was that my makes question no too. Sense. Yep. That makes that literally no sense. Makes literally yeah. no sense. I think Texas A&M is going to have a great weekend, Harrison, honestly. Um, like you mentioned, I'm really curious to see how they hit left-handed pitching. But Southern Cal, I don't know if you've seen them. They don't look to be very good this year. You avoid TCU. I mean, I think I think Texas A&M goes at worst 2-1. and one. I think they could sweep the weekend. Yeah, they definitely have all the tools and all the guys and talent to do so. I think the two games versus Arizona State are going to be a little closer than what people think. Um, it's going to be maybe a late kind of key RBI that kind of separates those two. But – I think Texas A&M should come away w- with an impressive weekend and winning this. Hmm. Let's go to the Frisco Classic. This in Frisco, Texas. The Alabama Crimson Tide will be the SEC representation. They'll take on Indiana Friday night, Arizona on Saturday, and Dallas Baptist on Sunday, which again, Harrison, I know you're really, really high on. But let's highlight Bama real quick because I feel like Harrison – For whatever reason, this is on me, right? This isn't an indictment of Alabama or Rob Vaughn's club. This is an indictment on myself. For whatever reason, I have not been paying as much attention to Alabama as I should have been. I even bumped them down in the power ranking. Said, hey, want to give Georgia some love? I'll throw them up, I believe, above Alabama, if I recall. Maybe they're just one below. But either way, Bama's done some shuffling, and all they've been doing is winning. You look at the numbers. They are second in the country. In hits. I mean, that's crazy. TJ McCants has been on fire. Gage Miller's been great for them. When you look at this weekend for Bama, Harrison, I feel like 
And I don't know if there's others like me. Maybe I'm the only one. But this is a great weekend for Alabama to sort of sort of wake some people up in, in regards to what they've been doing in the club they have this year. Yeah, absolutely. And the two biggest things on my team, like you said, T.J. McCann and Gabe Miller, are both top five in RBIs in the nation, top five in home runs in the nation. So a lot of power. Second hits, like you said, in the country, 106. A lot of power coming out of that lineup. This is definitely their biggest test so far. I mean, you're playing postseason-level talent. You're playing Dallas Baptist. You're playing Indiana, who might win the Big Ten, honestly. They looked impressive so far to start the season. It's going to be a big, what are you made of? And was the first couple of seasons just level of talent or what? Side note, Hammerson, and we're not going to cut anything out for the people, but it sounds like somebody's wrestling with your microphone. I don't know if it's you fidgeting or Rob Vaughn got a threw a fastball at your uh, at your mic, but just so you know, by the way, we can't help ourselves, guys. We're fidgeting. We're excited. We're excited. Better. Yeah, we're you're good. You're good. There no, go. it's it's good for the people. Hey, for the people, no breaks in this. No editing. No um, again, a couple of really good matchups. Indiana, that's a fun one. People that are tuned in, all oh, Big Ten, whatever. Don't sleep on the Hoosiers, man. Indiana. So, Indiana's been that team, and I got to give credit to Ben Upton and those guys at 11.7 because everybody was talking about Iowa, and Ben was actually one before the season that mentioned, hey, Indiana, they're not only a sleeper, they're going to be a contender. They've been really good early on. I think that's going to be a, a good way to get the weekend going for Bama, a good early test. Arizona's always got a really good ball club. I do like Bama in that game, though. But then Dallas Baptist, Haverson, I want you to explain the, to the people because you you you're by you're you're you bought all the stock on DBU. You, you're you think DBU is a legit Omaha contender, and I see the numbers here, but I'll let you dive into it. Why? What is it about Dallas Baptist that you like so much? Yeah, Dallas Baptist is similar to kind of an East Carolina team. You know, one of those power mid-major teams that recruits at a very high level consistently. They do it year after year. They're one of those teams that are always deep, making deep postseason runs, and they're ten, they're eleventh in the nation, home runs sixteen. They're 14th in OPS in the nation, 25th of runs per game, scoring almost 11 runs per game. And they have just a great staff behind them to back them up. And they're a lot of fun team to watch. And if you want to root for a team that's kind of under the radar, that's not a bandwagon-ish team, it's a <laughs> mid-major team, root for Dallas Baptist, hop on the train, a lot of fun to watch. So how do you feel Bama's going to fare this weekend? I, I think it does set up well for the Crimson Tide to, I'll say, go two and one. Um, I, I think Bama, you know, I, I think they're going to drop one of them because, again, I think it's a really competitive series. But I'm excited to learn more about Alabama this weekend because yeah. admittedly, again, and I believe it's the guys at D1 Baseball, I think they're going to be airing this, um, broadcasting yeah. this, what have you. But I, I'm excited for us to get a, a better look because I feel like, you know, sometimes Harrison, you just can't help it. Like when you look at the competition, you're like, I want to get excited, but I just really can't, right? And it's only, unfortunately, noteworthy if that team loses or if that team struggles. And so, like, Bama, one of the reasons, you know, some of us haven't really paid that much attention to them, maybe I've just fallen victim, like, hey, you're winning by too much. Like, it's just like the games aren't even all that exciting. I'm excited to get a closer look at them this weekend. Yeah, and exactly. We talked about how you haven't really watched much of Bama or seen it in your feed because they're taking care of business in a loud way, but against – kind of inferior competition like Manhattan and other teams that are, you know, not comparable to SEC talent. But this is going to be a really, really good test to see where they are, especially leading up to SEC play. I, I do think they go kind of lose one game. I think they go two and one. I think they squeak it out versus Indiana, but I think Dallas Baptist has a late, late clutch RBI to squeak out a win there. And both teams are going to have really impressive weekends. I think this is one of the most exciting kind of lower key. I think it's a lower key tournament than obviously LSU Vanderbilt Texas but this one's gonna be just as much fun to watch very underrated no doubt I think that Sunday game especially Bama DBU is gonna oh, be yeah. fun but you've obviously bought all your stock you're taking DBU to beat Bama I love that um let's get into a couple of these rivalry series Haberson we'll kick it off South Carolina and Clemson the Gamecocks and Tigers in a three-game set they will take on so this is a series by the way guys if you're not familiar one's played in Columbia one's played in Clemson one is at a neutral site. So right now, this is the schedule, weather permitting, because the weather in Columbia looks really bad on Friday. But uh, the two teams will play Friday night at Founders Park in Columbia. Then Saturday, they'll play at Sagra Park, which is also in Columbia, but the minor league affiliate of the Columbia Fireflies, right? I believe that's the that, that's Yeah, the they're there. of the 
I want to say White Sox. They used to be oh, the, the White Sox Royals. Now? Used to okay. be the Royals, I believe. So Sagra Park on Saturday, minor league ballpark. They actually alternate back and forth between Columbia and Greenville, South Carolina, which is about 45 minutes or so from Clemson. Uh, so that's the Saturday game. Then Sunday, they will take this series to Doug Kingsmore Stadium in Clemson. Hammerson, let's spend a moment talking about this rivalry. We mentioned best rivalries in college baseball. This one is certainly near the top, if not at the top. And you've experienced this firsthand, right? You went to the University of South Carolina. You've watched SEC baseball all your life, but you've been right in the thick of it, as have I. In your mind, and I was asked this question yesterday, so I'm really curious to get your thoughts. In your mind, your personal experience, what makes the South Carolina-Clemson rivalry so special, so intense, and arguably one of the best in college baseball? You got to start with the success both clubs have had historically, more so South Carolina winning back to back or in the early 2000s and almost winning a third one consecutively that people don't talk about. They were that close to winning three in a row. Um, it stems from that. It stems from a lot of the talent that comes out of the state of South Carolina and in players either going to Clemson or going to South Carolina. If they go to one of the two and just the, the friendships and relationships of guys they played with, you know, they know the guys in these other teams. A little bit, maybe less so now at the transfer portal, but a lot of stems from that. The amount of talent from the Carolinas in general is incredible. I think the closeness of the schools, because a lot of SEC rivalries more so that are in the conference aren't necessarily as close geographically as these two teams are. So it's going to be predicated based off of that, but then just how close and how competitive these games have been. And Hamerson, you look at the series this weekend. First things first, if I, if I told you through – Two and a half weeks that Dylan Brewer will be leading South Carolina in batting average, hitting over 500. Would you have believed me? If it was any other name other than Ethan <laughs> Petrie, maybe Messina, but Ethan Petrie, I would not have believed you. So when you look at this and Dylan Brewer again, 22nd, which how in the world are you 22nd in the country in batting average when you're hitting 519? Because how we'll talk about who's batting, who's leading the nation later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes, that, that's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, Harrison, when I look at this, my first inclination is to say offense is going to rule the weekend. I mean, both these clubs have swung it at a high level. And it's funny, by the way, I'm going to call you out on this to let the people know. You list Billy Amick's name. You might recall he's in Knoxville now, just FYI. A um, lot of Clemson folks still very upset at that, though, I can tell you. Um, Cam Canarell on the Clemson side. But they've been scoring, I mean, just scoring and scoring and scoring. Both teams have had sort of a hiccup, right? Clemson had that 18-1 to loss to Kennesaw State, which – I honestly, Harrison, when I saw that, I thought people were trolling. I did not think that was a real score. And then I was like, holy smokes, that actually happened. And then, of course, in you know poetic fashion from the standpoint of karma and the baseball gods, right? Gamecock fans got to dance on the grave for a little bit. Then they lose 11-2 to Belmont. They both have one blemish, no big deal. But the offense has ruled for both sides. Again, you look at South Carolina. I mean, Ethan Petrie's picking up right where he left off. Cole Messina has been great. They're 41st in the country in runs per game, just under 10 runs per game. 35th in RBI, 54th in hits. I mean, again, they're swinging the stick as well as anybody, and we know about this lineup. Am I correct or am I justified in feeling that way, that it's going to be an offensive shootout all weekend? Or do you think the pitching staffs are going to emerge and it's going to be more of a defensive weekend, if you will? No, you're absolutely right, Chris. I definitely think it's going to be an offensive-led weekend, but I think it's going to be whose starter kind of shuts the other team down. I think one well, there's one guy that's going to shut the other team down. Maybe it's Roman Kimball. If he stays in the Sunday, Sunday role, he's been phenomenal. He's been great to watch. He's been electric. He's got nine strikeouts, only one earned run this uh, season so far, and uh, one start. It was incredible. He's so He brings all this energy we talk about on the mound, too, and it's it's he fits the bill. It's kind of like a Chase Burns who's – not at Tennessee anymore, but at Wake Forest. I'll give you that one. Um, he kind of fits that mold. Just exciting player to watch. We talked about he came back from injury. It's going to be what pitcher kind of shuts down the other team's offense enough in one of these games. And, and speaking, Harrison, on South Carolina specifically, I am really curious because they haven't at the time that we're speaking. They have not released the weekend rotations or kind of the primer for the series. I think it's only a matter of time for Roman Kimball's the Friday guy. And, and I'm just – you know, with the struggles that maybe Dylan Eskew had last week, and we saw Matthew Becker on Sunday throw three innings, and I kind of wondered, like, do they shift some pieces around, or do you say, you know, it's so far so good, we'll stick with status quo, and we'll see what happens. I, I just, I'm fascinated on that front, and then when it comes to Clemson, you know, this is this is the first time, Haverson, in a while, I feel comfortable saying this, that 
you know, normally we've had at least one matchup of a couple dudes. Like, we, we've just had some dudes going at it, right? I think recently, I think it was Davis Sharp for Clemson and Will Sanders for South Carolina. Like, that was the Friday game. Like, Stubbs. you know, yeah, Eli Jones is a, is a nice player. I'm not saying he's not, but, like, we don't really have that showdown of these, like, big-time aces. And for me, for South Carolina, pitching was the question. Clemson early on, it looks like pitching might be the question. But I am fascinated from the pitching standpoint. You know, now you're starting to stretch guys out. Like, I don't feel like either of these clubs, we've seen their starters go more than three or four innings virtually in, in, in any start they've had. So, you know, what's going to happen when guys are going six, going seven, guys are going to start getting up in pitch count. I'm very, very interested to see, like you mentioned, which of these pitching staffs is going to step up. Because admittedly, nobody's really been tested at this point. Harrison, when you look at this series, which way do you lean? Who are you picking, right? We're making picks this weekend, first time. Really excited for it. Who are you picking in this series? I really believe it's a 50-50 coin flip. I'll start with you, though. South Carolina, Clemson, Founders Park, Sagra Park, Doug Kingsmore Stadium. Who comes out on top? I think we're definitely going to have a rubber match to see who takes the series, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's going to be a Doug Kingsmore we talked about. I was there in 2022 for the rubber match when Clemson won it, and they won the series. It it was really cool to see and just a lot, really good, great environment and experience being there. But I think I think South kind of edges it out in the rubber match this year. Harrison, I'll hit you with this. I don't think we're going to have a rubber match. I don't. Because here's the thing. Here's my X factor for this weekend. It's going to be a lot of offense. I don't know what to expect from the pitching. To me, and maybe the schedule will change this. My feeling right now is if you're South Carolina, you have to have that series won by Saturday because split it 1-1, you go to Doug Kingsmore, you know it's going to be electric. I know home field doesn't mean everything, but we've seen it time and time and time again how important it is. I think if you're South Carolina, you got to take care of business in the first two games. Again, do they move Roman Kimball up in the rotation? I'm not going to be shocked at all if they do that to try to secure the series. But the last thing you want, right? We saw it last year, right? We saw it last year. Clemson wins game one. Carolina wins that game in Greenville, and it came back to Columbia, and you just felt like this one's over. Like, South Carolina's going to win this. There's no way they lose this game at Founders Park. It's going to have that same type of vibe, I think, Harrison. So, and I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I think if this series goes to Clemson 1-1, I think Clemson wins the series. I don't think it's going to be a sweep either. I, I just tend to think Clemson is going to protect the home field. But I do lean South Carolina. I'm going to pick South Carolina. Another intriguing storyline, Harrison, in this one, because I'm talking about home field advantage. Hasn't mattered a lot for the Gamecocks in Friday night games at Founders Park the last couple of times they've met. Uh, 2022, South Carolina loses that one. I think that was actually the year, or maybe it was 2020, where the Gamecocks were like one hit in that game. Brady Allen had a solo shot that was the only run scored in that ball game. But they've lost 2020. And they've lost 2022. I'm not sure about 2018, but I'm curious, is South Carolina finally able to kind of get over that hump and and win that game on the home ballpark? Because you got you got to protect your home ballpark in a series like to. this. You have to. I think the Gamecocks will do that. But again, Harrison, I think if it goes 1-1 and it goes back to Clemson, I do think Clemson will win the series. But I am picking South Carolina. I think South Carolina got a little bit more pitching than Clemson at this point. They, of course, have the offense. I think they'll be able to do just enough. So do you Let's, consider yeah. Sagra Park then a home home kind of field advantage for uh, South Carolina? I mean, it's dude, it's 10 minutes away from Founders Park. I mean, it's let's let's not pretend like let's not pretend like it's not. Now yeah. they're gonna split up the tickets. Yeah, I've you know, there, I, yeah. I'm I'm more so saying though that just the importance of winning that neutral site game and clinching the series before Sunday. Yeah. Right, because I think it's dependent on the weather too. What happens yeah, for sure, and and again, for those that don't realize, again, it, it's terrible, a terrible weather forecast on Friday. Um, so there's a chance. Do they play a doubleheader on Saturday? I mean, we're talking like ninety percent chance of rain on Friday night all throughout the night. I don't think there's any way they're going to get to play it. Is there a doubleheader? The one thing Haberson they can't do. They did this a couple years ago. For the love of God, do not move Game One to some Tuesday in a midweek two months from now. That was the that, worst. That was, awful. That that was, was awful. the worst. That was terrible. It didn't make any sense. Either do Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or again, I think it would make the most sense. Play Game One at Founders Park at say noon. Play Game Two at Sager Park at like six o'clock. Like they're down the street from each other. Like that. 
it's an easy solution. Weather's going to be nice on Saturday. Why not? Let's go to the state of Georgia, Harrison. Clean, old-fashioned hate the Georgia Bulldogs. One of the best early stories in this college baseball season. They'll take on Georgia Tech. So, by the way, Harrison, enlighten me, because, again, you're very connected with Georgia, Georgia Tech. This is also a series that used to be played neutral site, a.k.a. at the Brave Stadium. Do they no longer do that? Because I'm seeing at Georgia Tech for all three games. So this series is being played in Atlanta. Do they no longer do the neutral site uh, Brave Stadium thing? That's a good I, – I don't think so anymore because I remember going to the neutral site game at the Brave Stadium in 20 20- – was it 2019, I believe? So what, it was at Truist. They had it, it at Truist, though. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if that was just like a Turner Field thing. No, yeah, it was. And I uh, I saw a couple buddies play uh, that I have friends with that played at Georgia mm-hmm. that are now playing in the minor leagues and, and such forth. But it's it's a, such a fun series to watch. I've been to it several times growing up and told times recent, the past couple of years. And it's a very, very competitive rivalry in tight games. And, of course, the headliner in this one, offense, specifically Charlie Condon for Georgia, Drew Burris for Georgia Tech, which is like, where did this freaking kid come from? Kid hits four home runs in one game. Four home runs in his eighth collegiate game. And, of course, Haberson, in fitting fashion, we're talking the time of recording this. We're talking the day after a game in which Charlie Condon hits three home runs. Against Michigan State. And, oh, by the way, one of the weirder results, he hits three bombs and they lose that game by double-digit runs. So, make that make sense. But this is going to be a fun weekend. I mean, both these clubs can just swing the heck out of the stick. Your thoughts on Georgia, Georgia Tech, who comes out on top? I think, like like you said with the Clemson-South Carolina series, I think it's going to be all hitting, all hitting. We're not going to get any shortage of that. The only shortage we'll have is of baseballs because we're going to be needing baseballs every game because there's going to be a lot of home runs hit, I think. Um, it's it's gonna be fun to watch. A lot of these teams, a lot of these guys, these younger guys like Drew Burris is having this kind of freshman start of the season that Ethan Petrie had that Charlie Condon had last year. Um, like we talked about earlier with the batting average, Charlie Condon had, leads the nation batting average, batting 639. <laughs> 639. He's seeing a beach ball. I mean, it, just a straight up beach ball. Yeah, and Drew Burris is bat- he's batting, he's eighth in the nation batting average at 441. Would you ever believe that if I told you that? I would not. A true freshman, no. No. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Who hits more home runs this weekend, Charlie Conner or Drew Burris? That is my take your pick for this weekend. And I'm, unfortunately, I'm taking Charlie Condon. I'm I'm just taking the experience he has being a sophomore and doing it another season and kind of showing us what he, it wasn't just a one-time thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Burris is eight, nine games in. So I'm definitely going to lean on Condon, even on the road. Who are you taking? I'm I'm going against you. Yeah, I was just sitting here thinking, I'm going against you, Harrison. I'm 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 riding the wave that is what Georgia's doing right now. And I know they're coming off an ugly midweek loss to Michigan State. I I don't care, It's the midweek. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not overreacting to the midweek. Love what Georgia Tech's doing. They're supremely talented. I think they're a real threat in the ACC, but I love the early momentum that West Johnson and company have built. I think Georgia's pitching will be superior this weekend. I will also take Charlie Connor to hit more home runs. Again, the experience factor, but I know it's on the road, but I'm riding with the dogs, man. Why not? I'm riding with the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm riding the Jackets um, this weekend. I, I think they riding we the got, Jackets. We got a rubber match. Rubber match. This in is. I'm, I'll tell you this, Harrison. I'm low key tempted to find my way to Atlanta, Georgia, because this is going to be. It's a great time. I'll give you as many recommendations as you want. <laughs> it's going to be an incredible weekend. Let's go to another great rivalry series. How about Florida at Miami down there in Miami, Florida? Uh, this game being played, of course, three games set. Friday at 7, Saturday at 3, Sunday at 1. And you know what's interesting, Harrison? I was having a conversation with our good friend uh, Neil Shulman and all kinds of weather.com, part-time SECU contributor about which is a bigger rivalry on the diamond, Florida-Florida State or Florida-Miami? And he informed me that more competitive Florida-Miami, right? Like there, there's this – it's a different level of intensity, but he said Florida-Florida State. It's kind of like a South kind of Clemson where it's like, you could be playing Florida State in ping pong, and it's you want to kick their ass. So, um, but this certainly a healthy rivalry. Jack Caglione and the Gators will take on the Miami Hurricanes. Miami been a team up and down. I, I don't know. This is if Miami's going to prove they are not that F word fraudulent. If they're going to prove they're not that, this is the weekend to do it. 
Yeah, and we got a couple of fraudulent teams that you believe coming up too shortly <laughs> that we'll mention and talk about. But it's it's tough. I mean, statistically, Miami's offense has been great, but they just it, it was just hard to watch them against Long Island. I mean, they they dropped I believe one of, one of the games. It was just it's not an exciting exciting team. I don't think season for them and. Florida, a lot of question marks. We've talked about plenty of times. You know, you lose your season opener, next two games gets canceled. Then you lose a midweek to Stetson. I mean, it's no disrespect. Yeah. Stetson, dude, is a good dude. Team. we, Stetson you know what? We literally called it that it's not college baseball season. It wasn't quite as high scoring as I thought, but it's not college baseball season until Florida loses a midweek like that. And it's, dude, there were Florida fans upset on the timeline. I'm sitting here like, it's not even hating. It's just, y'all know this happens. Every year, Plus. every year, Florida is guaranteed, blood bank guaranteed. Again, if my if my bookie had college baseball, I would have probably just bet every midweek because it's like it's going to happen at some point, and the odds yeah. are so good that like I'm I'm practically playing with house money. But it doesn't, yeah, doesn't mean playing, though too. These midweeks, these Stetson's mid good. Stetson's, Stetson's good. good. Bro, Stetson had a jam-packed house. Isn't bad. Dude, I I really to your point. That's a great point, Harrison. And I remember when I you know when I was playing in college myself, and there were guys from Oviedo, Florida, and down in Hialeah. They, they would tell me they're like, dude, the college baseball in Florida different. Like they're like, bro, there's there's D two teams that would beat D one teams. Like like Tampa, you Tampa so deep. They're so deep. So I mean, I get it. The comp like they're not playing Queens and Gardner Webb. All due respect, but um. It's just every year, man. You can bank on it. And it doesn't mean Florida's bad. It just means they're no. They're here. A lot of these, <laughs> a lot of, we see a lot of mid-major teams that play midweek games because these big schools throw their aces and their best stuff midweeks, you yeah. know. And a lot of these Florida SEC kind of higher caliber teams will throw their guys that they want to see improve. They want to give them the opportunity to do so. And that's kind of when we see these upsets happen. Um, we talk about – I'll give you a couple of names from pros from Stetson. Logan Gilbert. Um, Jacob DeGrom. At Florida Gulf Coast, Chris Sale. I mean, you could go on if you want, but those are just a couple off the top of my head. So when you look at this series, Harrison, which way do you lean, Florida or Miami? Again, I think like a lot of these series, I, I think a lot of runs. I, I do love the Gators pitching this week, and I'll, I'll start with my pick since I'm rambling on. Uh, I am going to take Florida. I, I just Miami's been way too inconsistent for me. I think this is going to be a fun series. I do not think it's going to be a sweep. I think it'll come down to a, a rubber match. Uh, I think it'll be maybe even more competitive than some folks are expecting. Um, I'm really curious to see how this Florida weekend rotation fair, starting with Cade Fisher, can he can he set the tone for the Gators? And if Jack Caglione gets in a position where he's pitching in a rubber match, right, wasn't very good last weekend. And I'm just like, is Jack Caglione going to kind of take the next step and be a legit dude? Or is he a guy that we're more so looking as a hitter that, oh, he can kind of pitch too. But um, I do think Florida takes two of three who you got this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely with you on that. I think Florida. I just think that the inconsistencies of the Miami Hurricanes team as a whole don't really convince me to take them. Um, Florida as well as has, a, I think, a much higher ceiling. We've, they're, I mean, they're preseason top five. They're in the top five right now. Just a much higher ceiling and kind of not – they've been playing good but not to the talent level that we expect of them. And so I think this rivalry series will kind of bring that out of them. And Kevin O'Sullivan get the, kind of right the ship a little bit more. I'm not really worried about the midweek loss. They happen. They're good for the midweeks. They're good for college baseball fans. They're good for the mid-majors. But I'm leaving in Florida. Let's get to some of the other notable contests on the slate this weekend, Harrison. Because, again, like I texted you a couple days ago, it's not just the rivalry series. It's not just the tournaments. We've got some other really notable ones. And we'll talk about both of these simultaneously. Uh, because, again, I think both these series a little bit under the radar – but going to be a lot of fun to see. And I think we're going to learn a lot, too. Uh, the Ole Miss Rebels taking on the Iowa Hawkeyes. These are both a pair of teams that, again, that F word, fraudulent. You could argue they've both been very fraudulent. Iowa more so because they actually had expectations and were preseason ranked in the top 25. And Ole Miss, unfortunately, is sort of just kind of kind of puttered to the beginning of the season as we expected. And also Auburn-UConn, I think, is a series that's really, really underrated. This is going to be a fun three-game set. Do not sleep on the UConn Huskies. Really good team. It's weird. You wouldn't expect UConn to be good at baseball, but, I mean, they are. I mean, I, I think of George Springer. It was George Springer that played there, correct? Yeah. I, I always – because I remember him playing, I believe it was in the Super Regional against South Carolina in 2012, and it was like George Springer mania. Like, he was the 
the hot topic to talk about, and we obviously see why now. But uh, when you look at these two series, Harrison, we'll start with Ole Miss and Iowa. Boy, this this just feels like one Ole Miss needs to have, man. I mean, it's just there's not a lot of good vibes in the Magnolia State when it comes to baseball right now, which is so weird. And maybe Mississippi State is a lost cause. I think Ole Miss still has potential, but this feels like one they desperately need to have. Yeah, no, you hit it exactly in the head. I mean, Ole Miss, this is a big weekend for them. They need they need to have they need to win the series. They need to first off win the series. Don't even worry about a sweep. You need to win the series mm. against a good Iowa team. Like they're not bad. I think they're a little preseason overhyped out of last season and out of Brody Breck, their best starter. But mm. I think you, you got to defend the home turf. We talk about it all the time. And the SEC talent, we all expect and know to see and believe to be superior, but it's just, it's, they're not giving you that consistency and that confidence you want to see. Certainly, I think Iowa's pitching staff will be tested, right? Like you mentioned, they've got the great front front line rotation. They got a couple guys that are bumping high 90s, bumping 100 miles an hour. But I think we've seen the lack of pitching depth for Iowa really shine through. And again, for Ole Miss, man, it's, I think it's jumping on them early. Like you mentioned, I think starting the good vibes off early. I think winning Friday is important. Um, I am going with the Ole Miss Rebels in this. Your thoughts on who wins this series, Ole Miss and Iowa? I mean, you can honestly flip a coin and whatever it lands on, take it. Sure. I mean, I think it's going to be just, there's a lot of inconsistencies. We talk about both teams and just going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, it's not to the caliber and rivalries that we we else have elsewhere this weekend, but it's going to be a who's who, like, like you said, fraudulent, or are they, are they trending upwards? Are they trending downwards? I've, it's going to be tough. I don't remember who I picked. Who did I pick? I think you took the Iowa Hawkeyes. I think you I know took, what? I'm, I think I leaned Iowa. You took Iowa. You know what, man? I'm I'm sitting here thinking, and this will be the first time I've done this all season. Obviously, it may not be the last. It may be the last. I hate my pick. I spit yeah. out Ole Miss, and it just burned coming off the tongue. So I'm gonna go Iowa. You know what, Ole Miss? You got to prove it to me. I, I'm just I'm not buying any stock in any Mississippi school at this point. It doesn't make sense to me. But Ole Miss, I wanted to throw up saying it. So. I'm going to go to the Iowa Hawkeyes. I, I, you know what? I'm changing my pick right here on the air. I just – I can't do it. I can't do go. it. I'm, I'm glad I can help partially convince you. But I'm yeah, leaving with the pitching staff. Honestly. I just – dude, here's the thing. Not every SEC team is going to win the series. And I think I've just gone SEC the whole way. This is going to be the one. It's not an SEC team. And it'll be an ugly law. Like, I, dude, I'm telling you, the fallout from losing two or three to Iowa or God forbid getting swept, not going to be pretty for Mike Bianco because it ain't getting no easier. Um Auburn, UConn, your thoughts on that weekend and a pick. I'll go ahead and tell you, I've got the Auburn Tigers. I'm a believer in Butch Thompson's club. This one will be really competitive. Auburn fans, don't freak out if you lose a game because I think there's a chance. But I do think Auburn, they will protect the home turf, and I think they'll win two or three at minimum. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Chris, I don't think they sweep at all But I because UConn's a really competitive team. They travel well. I mean, they play a lot of top teams all over the country every year. And we talk about Brody Breck, who shut down uh, Auburn's offense last week when they played. And I think he's going to do that to Ole Miss, but – Auburn, after Brody Beck coming out of the game, they really lit it up offensively with the bats, and I think they're going to do so again this weekend. I think they're going to protect the home turf. Like you said, I think they win two to three. I don't think they sweep. I wouldn't be surprised, though, but also don't be surprised if they lose game one. Like, it's hmm. a three-game series. But I'm definitely leaning Auburn, taking Auburn. Yeah, taking the Auburn Tigers. Harrison, before we get out of here, let's look at the best of the rest. We won't spend a ton of time on these because, obviously, uh, more so your typical non-conference series, but – Mississippi State, Mount St. Mary's. This one actually begins on Thursday, a four-game set. Whoever did the scheduling, I I don't know. You know, by the way, that's a side note. I had never seen, like, these four-game series before this year. LSU did that, some others. That's kind of an interesting – I don't know. I guess you get to learn more about, you know, about your pitching depth early on, but uh, just kind of an interesting way to schedule. Uh, so Mississippi, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mississippi State, Mount St. Mary's, Arkansas, Murray State, Tennessee, Bowling Green, Missouri, Northern Kentucky, do any of those do anything for you? And, and Kentucky and Lipscomb, my bad, UK. Kentucky and Lipscomb, any of those series do anything for you? Is there anything I mentioned that stands out? And by the way, it's okay to say no. I think the fan bases of each of those would probably say the same thing. So, <laughs> I'm Chris, no, you're, you're. I agree. I, I'm going to say no as long as those teams take care of business. If they don't, yeah. you best believe we'll be talking about it at the recap. <laughs> 
<laughs> for sure. I yeah. I mean, I, there's just I, I think all of those, all the SEC teams. I think that we mentioned in those series should take care of business. I, I would not. I don't think there will be any dramatics, but you never know, man. It, it's college baseball. I, I I will say this: the one thing I'm looking for, I think Missouri needs a good weekend. Missouri finally playing a series at home. They're Drop finally back. They're finally back in Como. Um, they need a big weekend. So the Missouri Tigers, we don't talk about them a lot when it comes to baseball. Mizzou, I'm looking for Mizzou to kind of wake up at home, have a big weekend after spending a lot of time out on the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, guys, that's going to do it for us. Appreciate you all tuning in another episode of The Wind-Up in the Books. Again, guys, in case you missed it, The Wind-Up will come at you every Monday, Thursday, breaking down everything SEC baseball, recapping the weekend, looking ahead, et cetera. Harrison, another great show, man. Appreciate you taking the time and looking forward to recapping all the action on Monday. Chris, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Chatting baseball is always a pleasure. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.